It's mentally yours from Ellen and Yvette. Uh, focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Welcome back to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen. And I'm Yvette. And today we're chatting to Vicar Tim Rose. He's also the host of podcast Any More Tea. We're going to be chatting about breakdowns, support groups, and preaching from the laptop instead of the pulpit. I have been a, a vicar in the Church of England since um, 2010. Um, I've been in my current role since 2013 um, and in the Church of England you do kind of like an apprenticeship for the first three years so you're kind of like a junior vicar um, in a church and then you get uh, moved on to becoming a fully fledged kind of proper vicar um, you got to get an S on your chest and that kind of stuff um, and so yeah so started that in 2013 and then had a breakdown in 2018 ended up pretty much having a year off work um, and really in that time had two breakdowns. Um, yes, I had a year off work. And as a result of that, um, as part of my recovery, we started a mental health support group, uh, at the church called Minds Combined. Um, and I've also started a podcast of my own, um, called Any More Tea. Um, and part of that, um, there's a mental health, um, element to that, um, as well. It's one of the subjects we look at. Um, when you say that you had, uh, breakdowns, can you, uh, I'm going to do a pun by accident. Can you break down what that actually means for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my first one, and I use, I use the term, I know it can be a, um, a little tricky. I guess I use it because my GPs used it um, the whole time and I just found it the easiest way um, to describe it. My first one was in September 2013. And I remember it well, um, because when it happened, I was hanging out the washing. Now, if you ask my wife, that's probably because that's a very rare event. That's why it sticks in my mind. But um, I remember my wife had gone to do the school run and I went outside and I'd had a, after a couple of good first months in the job, things had got very difficult from sort of July, 2013. And I had a very difficult summer and I went outside and it was a nice sunny day. And I remember hanging out the washing and I just I was hanging out the washing I started tears just started to to um to roll down my face and I just had this overwhelming sense from inside I cannot do this anymore and I don't really remember going back inside the house but I clearly did because about I guess 15 minutes or so later my wife came back from the school run and I was just sat um at the bottom of the stairs head in hands sobbing just saying I can't do this anymore um and my wife um, took our youngest child at the time, who was um, probably at that point about 18 months old, um, and took him and took me, kind of took us out again and, and kind of we went for a walk and had a long chat about it. And somehow, I guess, over those next few weeks, bless her heart, she put me back kind of together or into a place where I could eventually operate really, um, and work for the next five years. But I worked and operated in a way that 
fact, I guess without knowing it, I was dealing with a really high level of stress and anxiety. But I only know that looking back now. And I thought at the time that this is to anyone who'd been put into a position of leadership, um, that's what went with it. So I just thought this was what kind of goes with the territory. So what treatment um, did you receive when you sort of went to the doctor? So obviously that then the the next kind of five years uh, followed as it were. And then when I had a kind of, so I didn't go and see the GP then back in 2013 um, and just got myself into, I say, into a mental state where I could somehow carry on. And when I had a, um, then a full, um, uh, when it happened again in 2018 and in a much more serious place when I just said, look, this, I, yeah, I, ca- I can't carry on right now. I went to the, the GP, the GP signed me off work straight away. Um, and for next month and put me on antidepressants, anti-anxiety medication at that point. Fortunately, work were amazing. Um, looks after me incredibly well. Um, the doctor had only signed me off initially for a month. They signed me off, uh, for the whole of the summer. So at this point we're, we're now at sort of July, 2018. They, um, my direct boss signed me off straight away till the end of September, um, and got me in touch with occupational health. Um, and it all went from there, sorted me out counseling. Yeah. And so it was a start of a long journey. Was there any kind of shame in admitting what was going on, not only, you know, to your immediate people that you knew, but the people that you were working with as well? Uh, personal shame in a sense, massive. Um, I Mm. felt it was a huge hurdle to get, I think, um, and I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, excuse me for being generalist and possibly sexist for a moment. I wonder if mental health for men is harder to admit than it is for women. Um, I'm not saying that, um, obviously it's just kind of from, from my experience, but for, cause guys, we just don't talk about stuff. Um, as women, you're far better at doing that. And for me, and yeah, in that moment, there was a huge, it was a huge hurdle to get over, um, and to admit I couldn't do it. But once I'd done it, I then found it incredibly easy to talk to anyone about it, bizarrely. Um, once I jumped that hurdle, yeah, since then I felt very, very open to talk about it. And I, you know, I almost to an ex- I say enjoy talking about it. That's probably the wrong word, but I'm very comfortable talking about it. Funnily enough, even when Yvette and I were chatting um, in the week, I actually found myself welling up as I was sharing my story with her, which doesn't happen all the time. That must have just been your voice. But, um, <laughs> I just, just found myself, yeah, I, I still at times sharing it. I still find it difficult to do um, from an emotional point of view. But I'm, yeah, I'm getting more comfortable and that, that sense of shame isn't there anymore. Have you shared your story of what happened with your congregation? Yeah, absolutely. Funnily enough, it was um, Emma, my wife, and I decided it was the very first thing we were going to do. So if I run the clock. So I had my major breakdown, if you like, in, um, July, uh, say July, 2018. And I think from memory, it was early December 18 or maybe early in the new year of 2019 that, um, we organized it in our two Sunday morning services at the time to have a, um, a kind of, uh, formal interview process from the front and allowed, um, ourselves to be interviewed, um, and just, and fielded questions. Um, from people because we wanted to be really open and really clear about what had happened. That's brilliant. Were you sort of surprised by some of the things that people asked or how, how was that? Um, that I'd say the whole, that whole interview process was incredibly cathartic. Um, 
kind of incredibly healing in itself. And what I really found, and I guess how it got us into starting up Minds Combined, was so many people began to come and talk to me about their own struggles. Um, and people in the church telling me about stuff, telling me how long uh, they'd been suffering with depression on a long-term basis. They were off work with anxiety. And these are people I'd known for you know six, seven years, and I had absolutely no idea. Um, mm. And so uh, it, op- it opened up lots of different avenues as well. So Minds Combined is the mental health support group. When we were chatting sort of earlier, you described it to me as a bit like AA, but um, just around mental health stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we don't at this point in time have any kind of like formal sort of 12 step program and we don't um, put ourselves out there in any way of being experts or um, therapists in any way, shape or form. It's purely a place for people to come and share and just to talk about their own experiences. And we set it up the way that people can ask questions um, and but we've kind of very clear on, you know, you're not going to get any in one sense kind of medical therapy or anything, but people have found it again, just incredibly healing. Um, so just to be able to share and to talk with hopefully without judgment. Um, and we've had people with quite serious mental health issues, um, true to a lot of people struggling with, I guess what we might kind of classically call low level anxiety to building up to a place that they can they're stopping functioning, whether that's in the work, in the workplace or a home um, or whatever. And, uh, you know, the, the stats about one in three people um, suffering with mental health every year, you know, I think is, is, is absolutely spot on because um, there's so much of it out there. And it's just, yeah, it's breaking down the stigma. So how have you and also the group been doing over the past year? Uh, very interestingly, we um, made a decision, fun enough, as a group, um, to not run through the pandemic. Now we might think, hang on a minute, that's quite an interesting um, place to be at um, because of obviously the mental health stuff that's that's happening through it and the places people are getting into. But we thought on on two levels, one, um, because very quickly we weren't going to be able to meet in person. Um, and two, um, myself and Sam, the guy that I run it with, we felt we probably weren't going to be in a position to be able to you know, to, to really help people gently or even to um, kind of facilitate the group um, through those through those months. And actually now we've just kind of, we've kept in touch sort of individually um, with people involved in the group, um, just kind of through WhatsApp conversations and just chatting on the phone and stuff. But we've done nothing corporately in a sense together. And interestingly, we've just now um, gone out to people and said, how about you know, possibly with the beginning of an end in sight of spring, summer, we might be out of this, maybe able to um, potentially meet again at that point. Would you like to meet over Zoom at this uh, point in time? And the reaction's been really interesting. About 50% of those people that we've asked have said no. And that's been either because they are actually in quite a good place um, and don't feel that. So we've had a lot of people with Minds Combined come for a period of time and then move on when they're in a, in a better place. Um, or people who are just in such a bad place um, that they don't want to connect over something like Zoom. They could only feel like they'd want to meet in person. Um, and people just, you know, kind of fatigued with doing everything online, I guess, as well. Mm. Um, and then a few others, yeah, kind of really, really keen to, to do it and, and um, start up some kind of contact. But it's, it surprised us because we thought most people would really be looking for, for something. So that, that response was, has been interesting. 
What about you personally? How have you found the past year in terms of your mental health? I would say I've gone up and down um, hugely. I would say this um, final lockdown since Christmas has definitely been the hardest. Um, work was incredibly busy. Um, when the first uh, lockdown started, we were doing a, uh, back in last March, April, was a huge amount of um, community action. We were involved in um, facilitating volunteers to um, get food parcels and get prescriptions for people. And it was just kind of go, go, go. Um, it's kind of slowed down through the summer. You know, we had a semblance ish of normality, I guess, in the autumn. Um, and then when it's locked down again, this time I've, yeah, I have found it incredibly difficult. Um, I just, it's felt very kind of groundhog day, um, to me and where I've definitely in the past struggled with anxiety hugely. I think I've probably, uh, discovered depression, unfortunately as well for the first time in he said it's difficult sometimes to say okay am i having a bad day or is this just something a bit more longer term mm. have you reached out to your gp via the phone because I mean, it's all phone appointments or sort of um web appointments yeah having um regular regular chats on the gp um gp over the phone um every couple of months just kind of checking medication level and that kind of stuff in the in the autumn i began to reduce my medication level but i've only made a um kind of one step down on on that um and of stage stints but yeah my my gp and i've seen two gps um in the same practice over the time they've both been absolutely fantastic as well i'd have to say really really understanding and the medications really helped me uh, i know it doesn't work for everyone at all but um yeah i found it for me has really balanced me out how have you found it found it just the basic sort of change in your work because it must be very dramatic you know you've gone from um sort of preaching every sunday in front of kind of a big sort of congregation sort of live and in person or whatever, um, to switching to doing it via Facebook live. Is that that right now? Yeah. Um, I have to have to say, um, thoroughly enjoyed the new experience, um, of, of doing online church. We've had, um, every catastrophic story you could think of, of things kind of going wrong. Um, practically we literally started by, um, sellotaping a mobile phone, um, to a wall week one. That was kind of what we'd kind of been told to do. I think the second or third week it fell off. Um, and every child related story, when you're trying to do something live with a 12 year old, a nine year old and a three year old in the house, you can imagine has, has gone on. Um, yeah. And, and people have actually really rallied to it and our, our numbers, a lot of people have joined the church in that time, which has been fantastic. Uh, people have really thrown themselves into it, but now people are just we, I think everybody's just desperately missing human contact, um, mm. you know, from smiles to hugs to just to be able to sit and chat about nonsense for hours on end. People are just, just really missing out. And that, and the longer it goes on, that just gets harder and harder. Mm. Well, tell me about it. <laughs> I feel exactly the same. <laughs> just like things I didn't even particularly like much about just know going for a coffee because i don't particularly like coffee but just yep. the idea of just going for a coffee i really sort of miss and like you say hugs and stuff it's just yeah it's just yeah it's massive isn't it? and it does feel like it's sort of going on and on although you know there is hope in sight isn't there with the vaccine yeah no absolutely so that's what we've had sort of experts on coming on and a lot of the time they'll say we just need to remember you know there is an end in sight and i do feel that that's the case now so yeah yeah it's tricky though how has it been with the church in general in terms of um, talking about your mental health? Have you um, been able to reach out to to other vicars or um, have you had sort of support from them? How has that all been? 
Funnily enough, um, back, I'm just trying to think now, back in the summer of um, 2019, funnily enough, when I was coming back to work, um, finally, I had a, um, a third and also kind of fairly major um, breakdown at Easter of 2019 and had another chunk of time off. And then I was beginning to come back. We had a um, all the vicars um, in my area of London. Um, we had a big conference. So there were about 200 of us um, at a conference centre. And I got the opportunity during that conference to share briefly kind of about what I'd been through. Um, and people were just so incredibly encouraging. Um, a for just you know me me openly sharing, but then also be able to talk about their own their own mental health struggles. We have as as vicars, we have a really at times incredibly privileged position. There was a survey about I think it was about five or six years ago now, and I remember thinking at the time that I couldn't sign up to. I think it was in the Daily Telegraph, and the Telegraph did a survey about job satisfaction, and vicars came out top. Um, and I remember thinking at the time, I can't sign up to that because not knowing at the time, you know, where I was men, um, mental health wise, but I was, you know, in a very anxious and, and stressful state. Um, but I think when life is is good for, for Vickers, we are in an incredibly privileged position. Um, but there is, you know, there's there's some really good things happen and like a, lot, a lot of jobs, there's some really, really tough stuff um, as well. And for some vicars, those are especially those in smaller churches that don't maybe have paid staff to work with. It can become incredibly isolating as well. Um, and I think that was one of the things to me that as a um, doing my kind of apprenticeship, if you like, as a, um, a junior vicar, I was in a big church with a big team and loved that working with a whole group of people every day. And I came from there to work in where I am now on my own. Um, and that was a huge, huge adjustment as well. And it can be terribly isolating. Um, mm. and I think that's what a lot of vicars really find that. And I think people just in life in general, loneliness is a, is a huge, huge issue, uh, with mental health for sure. Um, and yeah, the, the more lonely you feel and you find it harder to speak out, I think there's no one who's going to listen to you. Um, yeah, definitely the harder it gets and that loneliness can really creep in. Do you find it difficult as well, or are you just used to it now in terms of the roles that vicars play in terms of being kind of counsellors because I imagine quite a lot of your congregation come to you and you know need to talk about quite difficult things and, and offload I mean are you just used to that now and are there sort of techniques you have for feeling better afterwards or tell us a bit about that yeah no, absolutely um I think I've got better at it over the time um my wife is absolutely incredible um, she can, she can pick up now when I've had a, you know, either a difficult meeting and, um, you know, again, as I think there's a lot of people in leadership, we will get a lot of people's angst sometimes that's, uh, that's thrown at us. Um, not something cause it's to do with, I say, cause it's us, but just cause we're someone in authority and, um, people feel they can chuck stuff at us. Um, so my wife picks up when I've had a, um, a difficult meeting either in that way, or again, someone has, um, unloaded and we, you know, we hear some horrendous things, uh, at times. So I, I now have my own counselor, um, who I can, uh, unload to. She's absolutely fantastic. Um, but, and yeah, I've, I think you do, you create a thicker skin kind of over the years. So you, you can kind of depersonalize it a bit, but you, the only way to do that is to learn it and to go through it and, 
when I look, I look back and it, it's funny, I use a bit of a, often use a sporting analogy because I'm a bit sport mad. So use a bit of a sporting analogy for my own mental health struggle. As when I came into the role I do now, I wasn't actually mentally prepared for it. It's as if I trained to play football and I spent the first five years of this role playing rugby. And my, you know, there's a lot of conjecture out there about, you know, the, the brain being a, a type, is the brain a muscle? Is it not? It's got, you know, muscle type elements of it and, and kind of all the rest of it. But I kind of what I walked into, I, in fact, I, I carried on, if you like, playing the match without doing the training. And so I never prepared my brain or got the right help with my brain to sort out the problems that it was facing. And eventually it, um, that muscle tore or, um, a trip. So now I've got those things in place to, um, yeah, to really help me with the right people to talk to, um, that thicker skin. So I don't take it, um, hugely personally. Uh, and again, the year leading up to my breakdown 2018, I had some really quite traumatic, uh, things, things happen. Um, close friends passing away, um, that kind of stuff. Uh, a large number of folk in the church died that year as well. So, you know, it was a, it was a lot of build up. And again, with that stuff, I didn't deal with that properly at the time, which I would do a lot better now, I think. Can I ask you a bit of a deep question? Go for about it. About faith. Lovely question. Is yeah. that okay? Absolutely. <laughs> so, ask away. So, ba- <laughs> so basically, I am not religious at all, mm-hmm. but I've always often thought, it could be a really helpful thing to have faith for your mental health. So my question is, how has faith impacted your mental health and benefited it? And kind of conversely, have there been times when your struggles with mental health have made you question your faith or have doubts? Oh, absolutely. Yes. To all of that. (laughs) Um, uh, I I think I'd start by saying that when, again, just kind of going back into, into like into periods of time from, from summer 2018 to Christmas 2018 was a real time of faith struggle, hugely. Um, I never felt, I never felt like God had abandoned me. You know, as as a Christian, the Bible says that you know God never leaves us; He's always there, whatever happens to us. Like, right? but I did feel incredibly distant. It was as if um, yeah, God was still with me, but he was sitting right at the other end of the room. And every time I tried to move to the other end of the room, he'd move to the other end of the room. So, you know, if, you, if that um, analogy, analogy helps. And so a lot of things I'd thought about and I guess kind of believed did begin to fall away. Uh, probably a lot of it also was my utter arrogance in thinking I was in a sense untouchable. I, I, don't, I think it happens to a lot of people in our, our, our teens and twenties and into our thirties. We're like, yeah, you, know, you hear about stuff happening to other people. And, you know, and I, hilariously, I always used to think that I couldn't suffer with mental health issues because I thought I was just, I was always prided myself, a horrible thing to say now, but I'm being so laid back. And I thought I was very easy, come easy, go. Um, which I was to an extent, but that still didn't stop me <laughs> from suffering with, with stress and anxiety. So yeah, I really did from a faith angle really begin to struggle. However, having a good number of friends um, who are believers as well, being able to ask them to pray for me was mm-hmm. incredibly strengthening. And, you know, in my recovery, having people uh, literally kind of gathering around me and praying for me um, has been, yeah, hugely amazingly healing. 
and it's really, really helped. And it's helped to to rebuild build my faith as well. And I think with starting things like Minds Combined and um, and Any More Tea, our podcast has those little things actually again have have been helped to kind of rebuild my faith and to help me realize that God is with us in absolutely everything. All, you know, life is a complete, you know, life is this wonderful, weird thing about being incredibly beautiful on the one hand and incredibly broken at the same time. And I think Mm -hmm. we carry that in all of us that, you know, all of us are beautifully, amazing, wonderfully created people. Um, Yet we all walk around with brokenness at the same time. And some of those levels of brokenness, the older we get, become even deeper and more incredibly um, broken. but there's a, a, a wonderful um, charity that set up recently um, called uh, Kintsuigi Hope, which was um, started by a, a fantastic guy, fantastic Christian, who um, his whole kind of, he, he's really suffered with mental health. And uh, the whole thing of the Quint, uh, Kintsuigi, the Japanese um, art form, where they take broken pieces of pottery and put them back together. Um, but they leave the cracks because I say it's the cracks that, that, um, what let the light in and there's the cracks that bring the beauty. And I think that's such a great analogy of, of kind of how life is. Um, and it was almost the broken pieces of, uh, of my life and my faith of, you know, I've, I feel as though Jesus has put them back together for me and has kind of strengthened my faith really. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring on 116-123 or you can email them at joe@samaritans.org. You can also go to their website, which is samaritans.org. If you've liked this, please give us a rate and review. We're also on social media, on Twitter at MentallyYRS, and we're also on Facebook. The group is private, but it's just called Mentally Yours. See you next time.